What's up? What's happening, guys? It's episode number 86 of Thinking Logically, the final episode of the year 2023, year of our Lord. Joe, Happy New Year. What's going on? Happy New Year coming coming up. And where would you rather be celebrating the New Year than in the Caribbean? And for those of you that don't know, U.S. troops have been under attack in Iraq for weeks with some of them injured. And where is our president, our our dear leader, he's on vacation for the rest of 2023 in the Caribbean. Yes. Meanwhile, he wishes Americans happy Kwanzaa. It's it's almost like it's a movie, Mark. Like it's it's Leslie. What was the guy from the Naked Gun when he would play the president in the scary movies? <laughs> yeah, that's that's like what it, what it is. Uh huh. Well, speaking of movies, we're going to get to that and uh, later on in this episode, talking about. Tucker Carlson's latest episode with Kevin Spacey, of all people. Or was it Frank Underwood, Joe? Um, so we're going to get talk about that. But we have a jam-packed episode. We're going to dive right into it. This is the last episode of 2023. So we're going to talk about some issues that are facing us going into the 2024 election. It's an election year. It's a leap year. And we're also going to give our predictions, five predictions for 2024. We each have five predictions. And um, so let's dive into it, Joe. Our first issue is the border. And what we're seeing on the border, Joe, each and every day, it seems like it's getting worse and worse. The latest that we're seeing is that there is a caravan of like 15,000 people headed toward the border. Some of the videos we're seeing on X are actually just kind of stunning, if you think about it, that... These people are all going to be led into the United States, Joe. And I think December is on pace to set a record for most encounters at the southern border in the history of the United States. It's going to be, it's like around 273,000 with still three days to go. Those are the people, those are the encounters, Joe. Those aren't the people that slip through that we don't know about. That's, that's just this month. So, Joe, what do we have, like 8, 10 million people right now? that came in uh, under this administration so far that have entered the United States. We have no idea who they are or what their intentions are. So that's what we know of. There's probably more. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about this for literally over a year and what you are witnessing in real time is probably, I hate to say it, the destruction of the United States as we know it. Joe. Let's, let's start with the video from Alex Jones that he released it's it's like i don't know if we'll play the whole thing because you can't really feel the audio but it's um it's a poem from the young republicans and it's just in the in the in the background is the music and it's with footage from the southern border being just their way to work one morning down the path along the lake a tender-hearted woman saw a poor half-frozen snake her pretty colored skin had been all frosted with the dew. Poor thing, she cried, I'll take you in and I'll take care of you. Take me in, O oh tender woman, take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, O oh tender woman, cried the vicious snake. She wrapped him up all cozy in a comforter of silk and laid him by her fireside with some honey and some milk. She hurried home from work that night and soon as she arrived, she found the pretty snake she'd taken in had been revived. Take me in, poor tender woman. 
Take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, O oh tender woman, sighed the vicious snake. She clutched him to her bosom. You're so beautiful, she cried. But if I hadn't brought you in by now, you truly would have died. She stroked his pretty skin again and kissed him and held him tight. But instead of saying, thank you, ma'am, the snake gave her a vicious bite. Take me in, O oh tender woman, take me in for heaven's sake. Take me in, O oh tender woman, sighed the vicious snake. I saved you, cried the woman, and you've bitten me, but why? You know your bite is poisonous, and now I'm going to die. Shut up, silly woman, said the reptile with a grin. You knew damn well I was a snake before you took me in. Um, you get the gist of it, but like we said, we're in a country with 300 million people, Mark. And more than have, that now. Yeah, more than that. But we, we have, what, 10 million people here, illegals brought in. So imagine if... China or India, let in 40, 50, 60 million illegal immigrants, and then for some reason gave them IDs, driver's licenses, and let them vote in their next upcoming election. Visa gift cards. Not only let them vote, Mark, but encouraged, bent over backwards to allow it to happen. Wouldn't you say, why on earth would China do this? Uh, I mean, you'd come to your own conclusion. Maybe, Maybe it was the people, uh, maybe the people were voting for something the government doesn't want and the government maybe is trying to replace them people. I mean, we've punished border guards on numerous occasions the last few years for doing their jobs. Some on false accusations like whipping the illegals. Uh, and, and Greg Abbott can do more. He, he could stop it in Texas in a matter of days. Inst- instead, he's shipping them out to places like D.C., New York City. And where next? Pittsburgh? You're a small town? That's not exactly a great strategy during an election year if there's a terrorist attack. I wonder who the media would blame. Um, But I don't know. Maybe that was the plan all along because nobody, and I mean nobody, nobody flies more illegals around than the Biden administration. And they're doing it in secret. At least Greg Abbott is advertising when he does it. I don't know, Mark. Well, uh, Greg Abbott wants to apparently uh, arrest and deport those coming over illegally. And from what I just read, uh, that the Biden administration is threatening Greg Abbott with a lawsuit if he arrests and deports any illegal migrants coming across the border. Uh, this is just, I think, retweeted by Elon Musk uh, from the New. This is a story from the New York Post, and since August, this is from uh, datahazard.substack.com. Since August, there are officially more arriving each month than there are children being born to American mothers, and these are just the official counters. We don't know how many avoided detection. Joe, I mean, this is, <laughs> I mean, this is a disaster. Of proportions that we can't honestly quantify or wrap our wrap our heads around. This is such a 
This is here. Biden administration threatens lawsuit against Texas if state arrest and deport migrants from the New York Post. That was uh, last night around 7.45 p.m. I can't tell you how uneasy this whole thing makes me. And it should make everyone out there very uneasy as well. Barack Obama is, you know, has encouraged people to uh, illegal migrants to vote. Um, this was from Wall Street Apes on X. Um, now, because of the algorithm on X, I can't see it, but or just lost my place. But uh, Barack Obama basically was telling this was in an interview. I'm not sure when this was. Uh, basically saying, you know, if you need to show up to your polling place to vote because they can't tell you that you can't vote. Um, so I don't know. The Democrats have a have a reason, a method to their madness. They're probably going to weaponize these illegals somehow to, to cheat in the next election. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is if, you know, you have, I mean, chill. I mean, we're going to be talking 10, 12 possibly 13 million illegals in this country by the time the next election rolls around. I mean, it's almost a fact, a given that you have sleeper cells coming across the border, drug traffickers, human traffickers, who knows, uh, people with bad intentions, who knows, Hezbollah cells could be coming across the border. Hamas cells could be coming across the border. And this is going to lead into one of my predictions for 2024 we're going to get into at the end of this episode. But you're right. You know, places like D.C., New York, Chicago, they're all throwing the Biden administration under the bus regarding the illegals. And you brought up a point that I was thinking about. These cities are at capacity. They can't take anymore. So where is the next place they're going to ship them to? Who knows? Now that we have a... A, a left of left Allegheny County executive here in Allegheny County, Sarah Inamorato. We have a very liberal mayor here in Pittsburgh, Ed Ganey. We have a Democrat controlled governor, Democrat governor here in Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro. Who's to say that we're, we're not going to welcome these illegals by the busloads in downtown Pittsburgh? You know, at some point in 2024. Don't say it won't happen because it very well could. So I, I, I just, this is very, very... I don't know what the next step is, Joe. Um, I don't know what the next step is as far as, you know, if somehow Trump becomes president, you know, if he could round up and deport that many illegals. My daughter even doesn't even like the idea of of these illegals being in this country. So uh, we'll see what happens. I, I really don't know what the, uh, what the future is going to hold for us, but uh, we can only hope that Donald Trump becomes president and somehow deports and rounds up all of these people and sends them back to where they came from. That is literally our only hope at rectifying the situation. Before we move on to the next um, the next big issue in 2024, why is this worldwide? You know, this doesn't happen in countries like Iran, China, Russia. For, for some reason, it only happens in Western nations. Wait, that's a great point. Look at Europe. Look at Europe. Look at Ireland. The Irish, Mark, basically the blacks of Europe. When it comes to discrimination, I guess, the, the last few hundred years, wouldn't you say? And, and now they can't even say Irish lives matter. In their own country, the Irish are being replaced by their own government in their own country. And it, it, it makes no sense why they need these people, these refugees, these immigrants, why they have to just take them in. 
to change their demographics. And it's coming here too. Again, why? Who asked for this? Who voted for this? No one. Shout out Notre Dame, the Irish who played today, I believe. Yes, yes, they do. And the uh, Tony the Tiger Bowl. But you're right, Joe. Why is it? Why is it Western countries then end up taking all these people in? Why is it China? Why isn't it uh, India? Why isn't it uh, some of these other places across the world? Why is it always us that have to take these 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 people in? The step, the poem on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. Doesn't apply to people that are coming across the border looking to come here illegally. That pertained to our grandparents and great-grandparents, Joe, that came here from places like Italy and places like Poland, you know, uh, not people that are coming here illegally. And, Joe, I have another question. I was talking about this with a uh, another friend uh, in the past couple of days. Joe, we see all these people coming over from Africa, right? All these migrants from Africa coming across the border, Joe. How in the hell are they getting to South America and Mexico from Africa, Joe? How are they getting here? They're not taking a boat. So who's paying for the flight from Africa to Mexico or Ecuador or Guatemala or Colombia, wherever they're going to, before they come here? Someone please explain that to me. I would love to know. It's like the triangle trade never left. Yeah. It's back. I mean... I can, you know, we had tens of millions of immigrants pour into this country from about 1880 to 1920. You know, uh, our our ancestors were were part of that group. Um, Wait, I have to say real quick, because you, you mentioned the poem and people forget about the poem on the Statue of Liberty. They quoted that poem from January 20th, 2017 until Trump left office. And then you never heard that poem again. Yeah. Mayor Adams never quoted that poem since. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. Um, he would say, help me. This is the, We have a problem here. But go, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. They're all turning on the Biden administration because they're not getting enough help to deal with these people. So, Joe, I mean, you talk about the, the number, the sheer number, the sheer size of these immigrants and what their intentions might be. We don't know who they are, right? What about the cost? of maintaining and caring for these people to the tune of like, what did we see, Joe, this figure? It was like over $400 billion a year that's cost from the United States government. I think in New York City alone, the the price tag is like over a billion. So there's, there's nothing in the poem about money. <laughs> I mean, this is a country that's run by the consent of the governed. That's how our Elected officials derive their power from the consent of the governed. Who's consenting to this? No one. No, I'm honestly just beside myself over this entire situation. I do feel bad for a lot of these people that are coming here seeking to escape, you know, brutal regimes and looking for a better way of life. But it's just this just doesn't sit right with me and it shouldn't sit right with you or any of our listeners out there. This should be the number one issue on everyone's plate heading into 2024. So to summarize, you're suggesting that it's okay to to care and feel bad for these people and at the same time question why they have to come here and be here. Yeah. Yeah. That seems it seems simple enough. I mean, you'll get called a racist for that, but I mean that's t- simple enough. It's um 
And, and, and Joe, there's no, there's no end in sight. I mean, you have to sit, honestly, you have to wonder and think to yourself, what is the rationale to having a wide open border? Why is our Southern border so porous? Why don't our government officials want to stop this? Why aren't they doing anything about this? Why aren't they stopping them at the border before they come here? Why aren't we working with Mexico to prevent their, these caravans from arriving at the Southern border? I mean, these are all questions we should be asking, yet no one seems to be asking them except independent journalists and citizens on X. Whatever. I mean, we're becoming numb to it. It's almost like becoming like the money we're giving to Ukraine, Joe. It's like you become numb to it at some point. Oh, here's another 15,000 migrants heading in a caravan toward the border. Worst day ever, 10 days in a row. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's move on to another issue. As if that, I mean, that's the major issue. We'll just, we'll spend literally 10 seconds of this next one because there's not much to say. The next issue, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and Energy Independence. And I believe Biden has drained that to maybe less than 20%. So, God forbid, and this will be our next topic, if a war ever breaks out, you're going to have lines to get gasoline like it's the 70s. He's he's bringing back, he's going to bring back the Carter administration in the energy crisis. And that's going to be an issue going into 2024 and throughout 2024, I believe. So, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have an extra couple gallons of gasoline, maybe in March or April, stored in your shit. Mark? Yeah, you know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, right now we're seeing things that, that are very stable right now in the oil markets. And we're seeing actually the price of oil drop uh, per barrel. I think it's around $76 a barrel right now. Gasoline here in Pennsylvania is just just above $3 a gallon. Um, but oh, I just got a warning, Jim. I, <laughs> I, better, I better plug my laptop in. My laptop charger is dead, so I got to plug this thing into my cell phone charger. But um yeah, this is a problem. And, and the reason why it's a problem, Joe, is because we could see a, a wider war breakout in the Middle East. We could see a black swan event, which we'll talk about, happen that could disrupt oil markets, that could disrupt. We could see uh, the Iranians, Joe, who are, they want to create some sort of blockade in the Suez Canal to prevent oil shipments from going through the Suez Canal and that way take all cargo ships around the Horn of Africa. So you could see something like that trigger a rise in gas prices, a rise in oil prices across the world. So you're right. Um, this could very easily go from stable to completely unstable, literally overnight. So remember, in 19, April of 1945 or March of 1945 in Germany, the most valuable thing you could have was a car or a, a can of gasoline. I'm not saying we're getting the 1945 German. I'm just saying if there's an energy crisis, what are you? Where are you going to go? Where are you, anyway? But speaking and, of that, I was I was uh, I was talking to my wife's uncle, and uh, who's in his 60s, and you know, Pittsburgh used to have double the population that it does today. Back in 1952, population of Pittsburgh was well over 600,000 people. It was one of the largest cities in America, and today I think it's like 28, 29. 30, it's something like that largest city in the United States. And I said, wasn't traffic a lot worse back then? You know, as it as it opposed to today with half the population? And he said, no. He said the reason why is because usually only one family had a car. Um, only really the dad, the father of the family drove. 
And he usually took that car to go from home to work. And, you know, public transportation was a lot better back then. And, you know, it's just interesting to think about double the amount of people here in Pittsburgh and in traffic not being worse. But you're sending me down rabbit holes because one man would be able to work and make enough money. Now, two PF people have to work. They have to buy another car, which costs more than the salary that that person. They're about the same as the salary that person makes in a year. And they use that car to drive to work, waste more gas. Nothing adds up. And that's we'll get to we'll get to our national debt in the cent, western central ranks later in the episode. But that's why it's a it's a funny money Babylonian ma- money magic system that we're in, where we don't control our dollars, and it's backed on oil. And what happens whenever we don't produce oil anymore? We're gonna find out. Mark my words. Mark my words. But what could make the strategic petroleum reserve a major issue? in the 2024 is a war breaking out. And that is our next issue for 2024, a proxy war, one of the proxy wars, turning into a hot war, from a cold war to a hot war, Mark. Remember in 2020, all the way up until January 20th, 2021, we had peace on earth. We didn't have any really wars breaking out. And now all of a sudden, Ukraine, Middle East and Iran, Israel, I can name a bunch of places. Taiwan, China, who knows what's going to happen there? We got Africa. How many How many democracies have been to- toppled in Africa? South America, we have Venezuela just saying, hey, we're going to vote to annex 35% of this country next to us or two-thirds, whatever it is. Let's, let's cover this. So the first one where it could happen is Ukraine. Now, today, hours ago, There was a massive aerial barrage by Russia, and this comes in response to Ukraine blowing up a Russian ship in the Black Sea. Wow, Mark, golly gee, I wonder where they got the the weapons to do that. Where did they get those from? Maybe the United States. Um, What do you think about this Ukraine thing? Is it over? Is it, 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 are we seeing the beginning of the end here? I don't know, Bill. I mean, um, we keep thinking that, you know, we keep thinking this is it. This is it. There's not going to be any more funding. Their funding is going to dry up. You know, um, how much longer can this go? Zelensky's done. Well, it doesn't really seem like it is for right now. Uh, I do think we are going to get a some sort of peace negotiation um, in 2024. At least I hope so. I'm hopeful for that. I also think that will happen. I just don't think this can go on uh, any longer in the in the way it is. And I think that you have to bring Zelensky to the negotiating table eventually. And I just think that um, some of the things that may break out in 2024 are going to have our attention more so than Ukraine. But I mean, we just heard this morning Biden calling for more for more support for Ukraine because of this uh, this barrage that Russia uh, just put on Ukraine after blowing up a ship in the Black Sea. I mean, so, uh, you know, I think we all want this to stop and and the funding to dry up and a negotiation to happen where Ukraine will have to just give up some sort of, you know, part of their land to Russia, you know, in exchange for hopefully something else. But I don't know how much leverage Russia, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't know how much leverage Ukraine has uh, when it comes to negotiating this, so... 
I um, wonder if uh, on the negotiating table, shut up about the bio labs will be on the negotiating table. Yeah. Or shut up about what Biden and his son are doing is on the negotiating table. You could have the Donbass. You could have Crimea. You could even have a buffer zone in between there. Yeah. I, so. I don't know if it'll include some sort of NATO, you know, um, you know, they don't, they're not, they're not going to be in NATO or not going to be in the European union. You know, I, I don't know what it would look like, but um, hopefully we see some sort of peace, peace deal worked out here in 2024. And not a terrorist strike or a nuclear bomb going off or anything crazy. Um, all right, let's move on to the Middle East. So for those of you who don't know, Mark, maybe, maybe this flew over your head too. American forces have basically been under some form of attack, whether it be from drones, rockets, something, for weeks now, maybe since October 8th. I don't even know. But nobody in the news media, in the mainstream at least, seems to notice or care. And you have Iran sitting there. Let's play this clip by Lindsey Graham on Fox News, who we, who we love so much. I've been saying for six months now, hit Iran. They have oil fields out in the open. They have the um, Revolutionary Guard headquarters you can see from space. Blow it off the map. Okay, so here's the problem I have with that, Mark. Um, Iran is using other things as proxies, and they want us to blow up Iran. How is Russia not thinking the same thing about us using Ukraine as a proxy whenever we just blew up one of their ships in the Black Sea the Ukraine did, I'm sorry, but using probably a U.S. sent weapon. Yeah. Do you see the problem and how this could escalate? And also, before, before I just give it to you here, are they going to use an attack on a U.S. ship as an excuse to escalate this into a wider, bigger war? Is that what they want all along? You know, if you want to draw the United States into this, yeah, then yeah, you would, you would probably hit a U.S. Uh, naval vessel that's somewhere in the Middle East with a, with a, with a missile. And that would probably pull the United States in um, a little bit deeper than than we are now. Uh, you know, we still have a presence in Iraq. I'm not sure if anyone if anyone's still aware of that, but I believe we have a couple thousand troops still left in Iraq. And I just saw their president, I believe, call for an end of this international coalition because our troops in Iraq on these bases are getting bombarded with drones and rockets. And luckily, no one has has. I don't think anyone's been killed yet, but I know there's been some serious injuries from these attacks. So, again, when does it stop? Um, how does it how does it stop? And why do our, our troops are in are in danger? Obviously, if they, if these attacks are going to continue for the foreseeable future, if we follow Lindsey Graham's advice and we just blow Iran off the map, which would be a horrifically bad idea. You will see Houthi, not Houthi, I'm sorry, Hezbollah, cells all over Europe and all over the West here, probably go into some sort of activation mode and commit large-scale terrorist attacks on Western targets. I mean, that is almost a guarantee if that were to happen. Because we we know, I think we know, Joe, right? Iran is, uh, they back Hezbollah, um, or there's some sort of, you know, proxy to to Iran. So uh, that would be a horrific idea. And uh, yeah, so we can be, Ukraine's our proxy, but no one else is allowed to have a proxy. I think that's how this is working. Uh, Another place we're forgetting, Middle East, Israel. 
And uh, I sent this to you oh man, two, three days ago. Um, this is from Clandestine on X. And it says, General Flynn via InfoWars with massive allegations pertaining to October 7th. General Flynn states that there was a decision made to have security stand down on the 7th of October for seven hours. This comes after Netanyahu reveals plans to relocate the Palestinian population in the U.S. and Europe. It appears that some elements within the IDF allowed the attack to happen so they could justify ethnically cleansing Palestine and relocating their population. Essentially a false flag operation to justify escalation and the land grab of Gaza and the West Bank. Um, If you've been following me, you know this has been my analysis since the jump. Hamas attack was brutal and horrific, but Israel wanted it to happen and blah, 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 blah. We should try to get, I got to try to reach out to clandestine and and have him on as a guest for this. But we've said from the beginning, how did, how did this happen? This is the most secure border. This isn't, this isn't the United States Southern border. This is the most secure border. And it's not that big, not that many miles in the world. How did this happen? How did they train people to jump in? Paratroopers aren't just trained overnight, Mark. You don't just learn how to fly gliders overnight. How did this happen? I noticed. Well, we knew something was fishy right off the bat uh, when this happened. When this happened, um, you know. So, was there a stand down order given by Benjamin Netanyahu? to the uh, Israeli Defense Forces, or was it a someone else in the IDF ordering a stand down um, when this occurred? Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, if this is true, if they were ordered to stand down, if they did know about this, which it seems like that's probably the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how horrific is that? That you let your own people get slaughtered by Hamas militants for an excuse to relocate the Palestinian people out of the Gaza Strip. That's it's almost, <clears throat> it's almost that's, that's a very heavy that's very heavy to, to understand. Like doing like like doing it to go to a war for oil in the Middle East. He can to make matters worse, Mark, he called it their 9-11. So you gotta ask, what's that supposed to mean? Yeah. Because 9-11 happened and then we we send people to to Iraq and to Afghanistan when everyone was from Saudi Arabia. And we went after the opium fields and the oil fields. And it's just, I, I don't know. There's your answer for how, I I, I don't know, maybe Netanyahu isn't, isn't the greatest guy. I, I don't know. But how does it happen? Clandestine makes a valid point with what he, if true, that is earth shattering. They allowed it to happen. They allowed it to happen. Yeah, I mean, even if it's for one hour, when you think about it, that's the only really logical answer that makes the most sense is that they allowed it to happen. I mean, we talked about it. It's the most one of the most secure borders in the world. How do you just how do these paragliders just come in there and then and then they roll across the southern border of Israel and slaughter these people in these kibbutzes? I mean, figure it out. I mean, think logically on this. So that seems um, to be the recipe. They they let yeah. it happen. Like like go all the way back to Pearl Harbor. Ah, FDR let it happen to get us involved in more. It's kind of, kind of like an accepted talking point. I mean, it's not 
not 100% true or accepted, but people talk about it. Vietnam, the Gulf of Tonkin, they let it happen. This, it seems to be the recipe here. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the rationale of, of relocating the Palestinian people out of Gaza into, into somewhere else, like Egypt or, or wherever else you want to move them? Or Ireland. Yeah, or Ireland or the United States. So is, is the Gaza Strip just going to be, become rubble and no one's ever going to live there again? And then Israel's just going to take it over and manage, manage the, the Gaza Strip? I mean, it's 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 horrific if that is the case. Smart so. cities. <laughs> then you decide, I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, listen, we've we've rehashed this and rehashed this over and over again, and this is a very very complex situation. Maybe one of the more complex situations in the entire world, ge- geopolitically speaking. But um, it, it's just it. I'm tired of seeing the atrocities. I think everybody is, you know, plus you have all these Palestinian protesters that are taking over cities in the United States. Uh, they were blocking the entrance to JFK and LAX airports the other day. Uh, they were protesting in the uh, World Trade Center, I think it was, uh, yesterday, the day before. New York City is preparing for a massive Palestinian protest in Times Square on New Year's Eve. France has a very high terror alert uh, for New Year's Eve. I think they've activated like 90,000 police officers and 5,000 military or something like that. So, um, yeah, and Biden says happy Kwanzaa and jumps on a plane to the Caribbean. Yeah. So this is all. And the reason why I mentioned that is because this is all these residual effects of Israel bombing the Gaza Strip to no end. So it's just it's just terrible what's going on over there. And hopefully it comes to an end very soon. All right. Where it can come to a start very soon is Taiwan and China, Mark. And the, uh, the last 48 hours, major things have come out. And it's amazing they do this at the end of the year when no one's paying attention, everyone's watching bowl games. No one really cares about what's what's going on in the news. I know I really don't. I really had to. I mean, I I really had to put in work for this. And it came out that Xi told Biden while in Cali that basically Taiwan is his. And it came out this morning, Mark, that that weather balloon from last year. Now we know that it was hooked up to our internet, and that the Biden administration knew. So it wasn't a weather balloon, Mark. It was a spying balloon. And get this. A FISA warrant was put on this weather balloon. And they lied They lied right to our face the entire time. How does that make you feel? Um, by the way, Mark, reminder, we need more money for Ukraine. So empty out your pocketbooks whenever you can. But yes, the Biden administration sought a FISA order to surveil the Chinese spy balloon as it moved across the U.S. while downplaying its significance. And that's from the post-millennial. We told you so. Yeah. Well, yeah, we did hear that um, Xi tell Biden that reunification with Taiwan is inevitable. Um, so what that looks like, we don't exactly know yet. But if you were China, Joe, 
wouldn't if and if you wanted to quote unquote reunify with Taiwan militarily speaking, when would you do that, Joe? When would be the best time to do something like that? Hmm. Twenty twenty four sounds like a good year with everything else going on, ever in all of the world powers distracted by Ukraine and what's going on in the Middle East. So if you're going to go take military action, why wouldn't you do it in 2024 if you thought uh, that there's a possibility that Donald Trump takes back the White House uh, in about 11 months from now? I mean, that's what I would do, right? Yeah. The only question is, do you do it? Do you... If you're going to do it in 2024, do you do it leading up to the election whenever it's an issue? Or do you do it after, right after the election whenever there's a lame duck president, possibly? If Biden loses, if he's even the nominee or still in office by then, and you move then, and, and Trump's already won, but his hands are tied. Do you see how it works? It's, it's, it's the situation like Abraham Lincoln was in with the Civil War. You're the president, but you're not the president yet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we're going to see something happen though with China and Taiwan in 2024. I don't know what. I don't know what it'll look like. Uh, it could be a naval blockade. It could be, you know, sending in ground troops to Taiwan. But uh, again, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this doesn't happen. I hope some sort of something gets worked out. But it seems like uh, this is on China's agenda for whatever reason. They have their own problems they need to deal with and. This certainly shouldn't be one of them, uh, given that uh, their economy isn't isn't in the greatest shape. But um, we'll see. So, all right, moving on. We've had peace on Earth, like we said in 2020 with Trump, and now this is 2023. Last episode of 2023. Moving into 2024, we've covered a war in Europe with Ukraine, numerous issues in the Middle East with Iran, Israel, etc. What's going on in Asia there with Taiwan and China? Let's move to Africa. Mark, we've covered um, the democracies falling in Africa and the French-backed puppet regime. Oh, man, Um, the country's name has escaped me right now. Um, We've covered that next time this podcast. But the new issue now is you mentioned the strait that is closed, and they're going to have to go around the the Horn of Africa. Is that going to bring the pirates into play? Not the Pittsburgh Pirates, but the Somali Pirates. You would have thousands of miles of coastline if you, if you had if you if that was the case. You'd have to worry about with pirate with you know pirates taking over ships. I mean, imagine imagine cargo ships having to go around the Horn of Africa rather than the Suez Canal. Is the U.S. Navy going to ensure their safety? This is going to be another thorn in the side if if a this is like when you play the game Risk and you have to worry about the Rebels, too. Like, yeah. I mean, you're already facing three other powers here, potentially, and you're going to have to worry about Somali Rebels and having destroyers escort cargo ships, possibly? It, it's it's entirely possible this happens, but, I mean, you would have supply chain issues across the world you would have gas prices probably skyrocket. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're talking something that we haven't had to deal with in probably over 100 years since the Suez Canal. Barbary Pirates, Mark. Barbary this, is Pirates. The, this is how the Marines were founded. The shores of Tripoli. 
I hope not, but you know, like they say, Joe, FAFO, right? Fuck around and find out. You know, if you if you go to war with Iran uh, and the Iranians decide to do this, or another country decide to to take this route, well, then we'll see. What's to stop Russia or China or Iran from arming these pirates and making them basically like Sir Duke, um, who was Sir Francis Drake? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's, it, it has precedent in history. It has precedent in history. It, it can very easily happen in 2024. Arm, arm, I, I'm not, I don't want to say anything else, Mark. I don't even want to say anything else. So I just Googled Suez Canal. And it says here, I don't know, this person says, this is from BBC. Red route, Red Sea route is, is still too dangerous. Uh, Axios, Maersk which is one of the largest global shipping companies in the world, sets new schedule for Suez Canal travel after Houthi attacks in the Red Sea. Uh, two days ago from Compact Magazine, America's Suez crisis. Bloomberg, half of Red Sea container fleet avoids route after attacks. Um, Maersk and CMA, CGM restore some Red Sea transits while industry... Uh, what's the headline here? While industry is divided. So um, shipping giant Maersk is returning to the Red Sea after Houthi attacks. If you think we're making this up and we're overstating the impact of this, we're not um, because you could have the Iranians involved, the Houthi, re the Houthi rebels, uh, you know, that are part of Yemen uh, could step up their attacks. And then we would probably call on Ujo, probably the Saudis to, to get them in line, but um, I don't know. So if you guys aren't aren't aware of the, what we're talking about geographically, so this is the Red Sea between uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, Egypt and Sudan and uh, you know Ethiopia, Eritrea. So ships have to pass around Saudi Arabia. Uh, well, actually, be uh, the Arabian Peninsula, Oman, and Yemen over through the Gulf of Aden. And up through the Red Sea, where then they transit through the Suez Canal into the Mediterranean. So this is the area of world the world we're talking about. And if shipping companies feel it's too dangerous, then they missed, would have to go through the Horn of Africa or figure out something else. Crazy. Amazing. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. And don't we we have a carrier group in the in the Mediterranean? And I, I know we have like seven carrier groups. As like an eighty, what happens if if one of those is attacked and winds up at the bottom of the Mediterranean? That's something else you got to watch. Not just from the pirates, just from drone attacks from Iran. It's I, I don't know. I just think we're just not in the best position strategically right now in the Middle East in general. And when you add in that we're going to have to protect number one our shipping probably throw these rebels in it's going to take longer this is a disaster waiting to happen all it takes is for we still have to cover south south america but we we're on every continent mark except for antarctica which hopefully we don't get to <laughs> which i guess we're going to save antarctica for 2024 too oh we have big things in store for antarctica
Um, let's just, for the sake of time, on South America, there's not much to cover aside from the fact that that's our sphere of influence, at least, like we said before. But again, you have, what is it, Venezuela? Is it Venezuela? Yes, who's, Venezuela. In, in, who's land grabbing? Yeah, they're, they're land grabbing. And, and I guess the Biden administration is going to let it happen. Apparently, democracy doesn't matter anymore. The, the democracy has spoken, and the people say they have voted for to overtake that land. So, yeah. Uh, so keep an eye on that, Venezuela. I mean, they sit on the, some of the largest deposits of oil in the world. Hard to believe, uh, but they do. And I think the next door neighbor is Guyana. That's the one they're trying to annex, correct, Joe? Yes. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Nicolas Maduro, the president down in Venezuela there, and what his next move will be. So keep an eye on on that situation. You know, I think you brought up last episode, Joe, so it's okay for uh, Nicolas Maduro to to uh, just say that, hey, we're going to take your land here, French Guiana. And but it's it's but it's uh, it's not okay for Vladimir Putin to want the Donbass region of Ukraine. Yeah, they speak Russian there. All yes. right, let's move on to uh, where they also hold free elections. Anyway, speaking of elections, election integrity in on the twenty twenty four. Who would have thought, Mark, this would be an issue heading into twenty twenty four? After three years of complaining, we saw what happened in twenty twenty two in Arizona. Who election integrity is still an issue. But what's changed? Why is it an issue, Mark? Well, you see, they're already trying to take Trump off the ballots. And now how many states? We got a new one, New Hampshire. And I don't know if we covered uh, last episode, Colorado, but this is um, is it Sheena? Sheena Bellows. And this is her on CNN talking about why she removed Trump from the ballot in New Hampshire. Yeah, I am so mindful. And I, I said this in my decision. Uh, that it is unprecedented. No secretary of state has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. But no presidential candidate has ever engaged in insurrection and been disqualified under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. Okay, so it's amazing, Mark, how she is just all of a sudden magically booked on CNN to spew her talking points with no one to challenge her. Before we move on, has at least on this podcast, has the January 6th myth, myth that it was an insurrection been thoroughly debunked by us, by others, by the QAnon shaman, the American shaman, as he prefers to be called now, Jake Angeli, by basically everyone? I mean, the, they wouldn't even tell us how many agents, provocateurs were in the, the, the crowd still. They won't, they won't, they're not releasing information, but they want you to just believe. CNN and Trump is dangerous, so he has to be taken off the ballot because he's an insurrectionist, which doesn't make any sense at all. Mark, when I saw this last night, I thought to myself, it was like a matter of like I think an hour. First, he was back on the ballot in Colorado. I don't know if anyone saw that or not. Um, so the Colorado said, "No, we're going to put him back on the ballot," you know, until the Supreme Court says otherwise. What do you think the Supreme Court's going to say? Like, how stupid can you be? You know, I think Dan Bongino calls liberals stupid, smart people, which it's not a bad summary for libs. But what we saw come out of Maine last night, and this is from a couple hours ago, Maine Republicans threatened to impeach Secretary of State for kicking Trump off the ballot. 
Grow a set of balls and do it. How about that? How about that? Go ahead and just impeach her. Because now, this is what we see. I hate the word fascism because it gets thrown around so much, but this is what we see fascism look like in real time. Unilaterally, Joe, remove someone off the ballot because you, in your, in your estimation, in your opinion, Donald Trump committed an insurrection on January 6, 2021. I mean, I, I almost like it in a way, Joe, because I feel like Trump is becoming stronger every time something like this happens. He's actually becoming more popular and, and people are being exposed to their true intentions every time they do this. Now, we do know that there's going to be a, a certain percentage of people that like get off to this stuff, like salivate over this. But it's a very small percentage, probably in the neighbor of 20 to 30 percent of the people across America who the never Trumpers who think this is funny, who, who love seeing this happen. But for everyone else, Republicans, conservatives, independents, whoever you may throw in that in the rest of that bucket, that big bucket, people are waking up and seeing that what they will do, the lengths they will go to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president. And to do this unilaterally without even a court, I can see a court. Okay. You know, you want to make, you know, seven people want to render an opinion. Great. Okay. We'll see how that stands up in, in the Supreme Court. But one person, the secretary of state of a state is going to do this. This is a joke. So we all know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> I, hopefully it doesn't turn out the way we think it's going to turn out. I, I don't know. It won't. How many, how many Democrats, Mark, because we brought this up last episode, how many Democrats will vote in the Iowa caucuses in the New Hampshire primary and attempt to stop Trump? That, that's another plan. Is that a, is that the way the system is supposed to work? I, I just, I don't know. When are the Iowa caucuses? Uh, January 15th. We got like, what, three, not even three weeks. Let's look it up. 2024 primary schedule. Um, oh, here we go. And this is from the Federal Election Commission. So we have the Iowa caucuses on, yeah, January 15th. Republicans will caucus on the 15th. Democrats don't caucus until March 5th. Uh, the next one after that, we have any in February? We have, uh, we have Michigan. The primary on February twenty. New Hampshire, New Hampshire's in um. Is it late January? When's New Hampshire? Nevada's February sixth. New Hampshire's January twenty third. Sorry, I was I didn't scroll down far enough. New Hampshire's January twenty third. So less than a month away, there in New Hampshire. Um. Yeah, a lot of these other ones are early March. I believe it's going to be. It looks like Super Tuesday is going to be March fifth. There's a lot of states on March fifth. Michigan. Uh, February 27th, but a ton on March 5th, a ton of others throughout March, March 19th. So bookmark it then, Mark. That's if, if Trump is still leading and is going to be the candidate, we'll say by mid-March, book, bookmark early April as like for something big happening, something big coming, whatever it's going to be. Bookmark early to mid-April as the target area because they're going to have to 
that, that's it. They failed to stop Trump. They're going to have to go another route. You know what I mean? Because Trump's going to steamroll Biden. Be, be, they're not going to be able to cheat enough. What's, what's Trump going to get 80 million votes this time and Biden's going to get 110? Or Trump's going to get 80, Biden's going to get 85. It's not going to work out. The math ain't going to math, Mark. So pinhole that month then. I saw something today that kind of gave me a little bit of hope. And I know you probably agree with this. But it was something like if they thought they were going to win by cheating, then they wouldn't go to the lengths they're going to right now when they're trying to remove them from the ballot in several states. Do you agree or disagree with that? I agree. That kind of gave me some hope that hopefully this isn't rigged like we think it is. But like you said, what if Trump gets, what did he get? He got 74 million last election. What if he gets, Biden got 80 million, supposedly. What if Trump gets 85, 90 million, like you just said? And what's but yeah, like you said, what's Biden gonna get? A hundred? From who? <laughs> Not Steve. Well, well, we'll end the episode with that. Not Steve Kochanowski. <laughs> For those listening, a person I went to high school with was on Fox News after he's now he's now a Republican after or he's uh, he's blocked me on Twitter after arguing with him. And now apparently, I, I don't know if I incepted him or or, or, or or what, but he's now a Republican and is on Fox News. And I am just, maybe I'm bitter, Mark. I don't know. But mo- moving on. Um, yeah. That's that's the issue. How much is too much cheating in 2024? Yeah. Well, this is from DC Drano uh, on X just now. Uh, he wrote one hour ago, insurrection is a federal crime under 18 U.S. Code 2383, punishable by up to 10 years in prison. Trump has never been convicted of insurrection in a court of law. And get this, Trump has never even been charged with insurrection. So how is he getting removed for, quote unquote, insurrection? And then he wrote back one minute ago, our boy, what's his name? Rogan O'Hanley. Friendly reminder that Trump wasn't trying to overthrow the government. He was trying to stop the overthrow of the government by a rigged and stolen election. That's a great point. We never got to hear the evidence of election fraud because people broke into the Capitol. Oddly enough, right after Trump stopped speaking, so there's nowhere they, no way they could have ran over to the Capitol miles that quickly anyway. So none of it makes sense at all. None of it makes sense at all. Right. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to let you take this next topic while I go put her down for a nap, and I'll be right back, Joe. Okay, the next topic is... Issue, I, I guess it's our second or last issue this, this coming 2024 election season. The three-letter agencies having their thumb on the scale for, again, another election. Now, number one, we saw all these riots, civil unrest in 2020. Remember George Floyd and you had the summer of love. love. So are these pro-Palestinian protests being allowed to get out of hand to recreate the summer of love 2.0 for 2024? I mean, we have water cannons being fired into the crowd in 2024. That's civil rights era stuff. And um, I do I have the link for this? No, do not have the link for this. But again, if this is the Trump administration doing this in 2020, using water cannons on on protesters, he'd be thrown out of office. Um, also, speaking of the three other agencies having their thumb on the scale, why hasn't the FBI or DOJ done anything? Anything at all with Biden. 
the, the, the father or the son. This is like 1920s prohibition. Everybody knows where the whiskey is. They're turning, they're just turning a blind eye to administration. That's a crime syndicate. Everyone knows what's going on. Everyone. But for some reason, he can't be charged. And and when his son is actually charged, he skates out of it in, in a nice deal, which has backroom handshakes. It's it's the strangest thing ever, and it's been going on for too long. It's been going on all the way back to 2016 with James Comey and Hillary Clinton and her server. So I don't know. That is that is one thing. It's a major issue, and they're doing it today. They didn't go after Hillary for her server in 2016. They let her skate. Trump, four years as president, under investigation by these three-letter agencies for basically three out of the four years he was in office. The last year he had to do with COVID-19. And then Biden, all this stuff comes out about Biden. Three-letter agencies, FBI, DOJ, nothing. Nothing at all. The big guy's on tape even. But nothing. Um, not much more to say on that topic. Um, aside well, from that, it's... I, I will tell you that I, I believe that uh, I, I'll get into this at the end uh, when our predictions. But uh, I am very, very worried that the CIA or the FBI will meddle. Uh, we'll use that term loosely in the next election. I'm, that I'm is one of my everyone, biggest fears of 2024. Biden is Nucky Thompson, and everyone knows where the speakeasy is, where where it's happening, and it's just it's being allowed. It's, it's Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, next topic and the final topic. Uh, there's there's more issues, but these are these are the ones I think that stand on the most, and this is the biggest one because this this affects even the rich. The national debt, the deficit. Mark, we're, it's now around $200 billion a month. That means, picture a credit card. You're just adding another $200 billion onto your credit card. At this point, because um, we have a CR, the CR is expiring, I believe, January 19th of 2024. So, Mark, at this point, we can tread water and stay alive if we cut entitlements. If we don't buy whenever that, that is up, January 19th, whatever, if we don't, we're going to drown in debt. Thoughts? I mean, I mean, this is another thing we've 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 talked about, and it seems like no one's really interested in trying to solve this. Um, it seems like no one's really concerned about it. Uh, it seems like both parties just want to spend and spend and spend, and then print more money to pay off to pay the interest on the debt rather than paying the debt itself. I, I'm not an economist. I don't really know who holds our debt, whether it's China, the 33 trillion, whether it's China, the Federal Reserve, um, World Bank. I, I, I don't, I don't know who holds the debt. But Joe, it, at this rate, I mean, like you said, we're talking 200 billion a month deficits. I mean, when does it stop? I mean, at what point? What? what when does the? When do the chickens come home? Come home to roost, Joe? A hundred trillion, two hundred trillion, in debt, and then what happens? Inflation goes up. Um, the value of the dollar 
goes down. I, I don't know at what point all this comes crashing down like a house of cards. Um, and our financial system has to be revamped completely. But will we see it during our lifetimes? I don't know. But it seems like no one's really concerned that we have this much debt. $33 trillion, Joe. It's just money. It's just yeah. it's just money that can be printed whatever. What's the big deal? It's not like crypto where you have to mine it. It's not like gold and silver where you have to mine it. Yeah. <laughs> or it's not like oil. I mean, we could go on and on. It's backed by oil, but we don't produce the oil anymore. I mean, it's pretty easy to see the writing on the wall of where this is going in 10 years from now, if if that. Uh, but 10 years, 15 years down the road, where this is all going. And that's going to be either a digital dollar, central bank digital currency, or some sort of crypto um, digital token um, for the American people. So I think that's where we're headed. Uh, just a matter, matter of time of when we get there. Yeah. All so, right. Um, all right. Um, we are going on to our quick topics here. Mike Johnson going to the border. I didn't see this, Joe. Fill us in. Uh, I don't know if he's going to the border. I just misread that. But regardless, even whether he is or not, we don't need another photo op. What we need is just stuff done. So whether you're going or not, you don't even need to go. We know what we know what the issue is. We know what the problem is. Do we not? Just let's just fix it. Let's just get there. One bill, one single issue. Fix it. We don't need to go down there. Do it on video. We can we we see the videos. We don't need to go down there. We don't need the photo op. We don't need the AOC. Um, I could have misread that. I don't know if he's going next week or not. And then let's cover the Fetterman before we get into Tucker. So Fetterman, Mark, continuing his 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 storyline as a face. John Fetterman tells Democratic strategist James Carvel to shut the f up about President Biden and his odds in 2024, saying, "My man hasn't been relevant since grunge was a thing." Mark, what's what's happening? Why am I liking Fetterman? Even though he's brain dead, he does not deserve to be in the Senate. Um, can't trust him when it comes to voting on important issues. <laughs> Why is he saying all the right things all of a sudden? Well, I, I sent you something this morning uh, that people have already turned on John Fetterman, the lips. And one of the most liberal publications here in Western PA is called the Pittsburgh City Paper. And they posted something here from uh, this Pittsburgh personified Pittsburgh, and they reshared it. So it's Pittsburgh 2024 in and out. So what did they describe as out Joe? What's out for 2024 lantern flies, abusing the use of a parking chair, hyping Permani brothers, calling the suburbs Pittsburgh, little Italy days, excuse me, indoor mini golf places, infrastructure failures, and, John Fetterman. That was quick, Joe. They turned on him very quickly uh, because now he is not a, all of a sudden he's not a left of left progressive liberal. He's actually probably more of a coming across as a moderate Democrat, almost a MAGA Republican in some ways. Let me tell you something. That list of what's out for 2024, John Fetterman is solid in there because the chairs have been going on since before we've been alive, I think. Little Italy days been going on since before we've been alive. And then the infrastructure thing, I don't even know what you said about infrastructure, but it's so bad here in Pittsburgh that we're going to have problems forever. 
So get used to it. So Fetterman is here to stay for another five years, Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh. Sorry, you guys voted for it. Maybe he wasn't the person you thought you voted for. <laughs> the next step in, the, in his metamorphosis is becoming a Republican or an independent. Talk about a butterfly coming out of the cocoon and just being so beautiful and majestic. <laughs> he was literally crawling on the ground. He, he looked like a worm, like a caterpillar. And then just this big, beautiful monarch butterfly just spreading his wings and flying around and waving Israeli flags in front of Palestinian trolling people. And in, in, in this, going after James, the godfather of the South. <laughs> it's too good. And it sounds so much better coming from him than, than anyone with a suit, I have to say. These are the best times to be alive. I hope you're right about that because I got some bad feelings for 2024. That'll be fun to watch though, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, throwback, Bernie Sanders, Mark, tested positive for COVID-19 and he said the company line. Can you read the tweet? Do I have? Hold on. I, I know. I know I have the tweet here somewhere. I love the company line. I have tested positive for COVID. My symptoms are minimal and I will continue to work from home in Vermont while isolating in accordance with the CDC guidance. I am glad to be fully up to my date, fully up to date with the vaccine. Good for you, Bernie. <laughs> if you if you woke up and read that tweet, you would think you're like Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day. Like, what what year is this? Where am I? Is it twenty? Is it twenty twenty? You, you, I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you be like a little bit scared if you woke up and you had notification set for Bernie Sanders for some some reason, and you woke up and saw that notification? When you sent me that, I thought it was like a retweet from. I honestly thought it was like some sort of retweet from twenty twenty. It was trending. No, it was it was not a retweet. It was a. It, I mean, who tests? Who even tests yourself for COVID? Do you have to stick something up your nose five feet to test for COVID anymore, or do they solve that? <laughs> I don't know. By the way, we didn't even mention the vaccines and how long, Mark. Look at us, or masks, or anything. <laughs> um. Oh, do I have COVID? Talking about Bernie getting COVID gave me COVID. Um, anyway, we never figured out in 2024 what happened to that lab. Okay, where are we, Joe? I have a, we have a very sad... I, know, I was saying, we never figured out in California. I was, I was coughing and thought I had COVID for a second. <laughs> we never figured out what happened to that lab in California that was making COVID. Anyway, um, we could basically move on to um, Tucker and Kevin Spacey and then do our predictions and call it a day. So uh, I subscribe to the Tucker Carlson Network, nine bucks a month. Uh, and he's putting out a ton of content. So on Christmas Eve, he released a new interview. Joe, I don't know if you saw it or not, with Kevin Spacey, of all people. But it wasn't Kevin Spacey. It was actually Frank Underwood from one of the original Netflix original series, House of Cards. And at first, I honest to God thought it was AI, some sort of AI-generated interview with Kevin Spacey. But it wasn't. It was really Kevin Spacey. Joe, I don't know if you saw this or not. What's your take on it from what you've read or maybe what you heard about it? I, I don't know. I feel like QAnon and anyone 
they had to have a fun time with this one. But I just thought it was really weird. He's you really haven't heard anything about Kevin Spacey in that role since he did that creepy video over the holidays, and I think it was 2018. Um, since then, I think he was found not guilty on all charges, if I'm not mistaken. Also, one of the people have died that accused him of sexual misconduct. Again, weird. And Tucker has him on for an interview. I don't know. I watched the whole interview. It was just very strange that, that he, he, Frank Underwood, who I, I watched the first, I think, three seasons of House of Cards. Really good show. Liked it. Um, didn't realize I was watching it. Wow, that's probably how things really are in a best case scenario. It's actually probably way worse in hindsight. Um, I enjoyed the 10, 15 minutes that I watched. Um, wow, would Frank Underwood, though, make a really good candidate in 2024? That That's what I just kept on thinking. Like Taking everything from Kevin Spacey out and just focusing on the character, everything he said made sense. Did it not? Yeah. What were they trying to get across, Joe? Was this some sort of, you know, was it some sort of teaser? Was it more than we're making it out to be? Or was it really some of the things he said we're supposed to take them as, as gospel? Are we really watching a show? Are we really watching some sort of movie? You know? Or is it really all House of Cards? And is the House of Cards about to come tumbling down? I'm going to say somewhere in the middle. But it yeah. could be somewhere on both extremes. Who knows? It was a know. very interesting 10 minutes. Um. I also, if you would have told me Co- Tucker was covering something about Kevin Spacey, I honestly thought it would have been the Ep- Epstein flight logs or something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was very shocked to see that. So, uh, keep an eye for more content from Tucker Tucker Carlson Network. Uh, he's p- putting out, like I said, a lot of a lot of new things and a lot of new interviews. So, um, I will be following right along. So. Let's get into our predictions for 2024. We each have five predictions. Joe, I'll I'll, I'll go first, and we'll let you uh, finish the year off with your prediction. So, uh, my talk prediction, about the cat? what's that? We're going to talk about the cat. Are we going to talk about the cat or no? Uh, you can. I'm not sure what cat we're talking what? about. The, the uh, Fox News. The Fox oh, News. Oh, the cat. Steve Kochanowski. Yes. You want to play that audio? That that audio that was uh, I said. We'll, we'll save it for maybe the first episode of next year. It's just, we're going to have to have him on, honestly. Talk about a Twitter war we've been going back and forth on. We we had Casey the Bills fan on, who I was in a Twitter war with, and talked about Fetterman. <laughs> Probably get him on to see what he thinks about the guy that he voted for, just doing basically almost a 180. I, I, I don't know, but he probably supports most of the stuff he's saying. How could you not support Fetterman like this? But we have to try to get the cat on early next year. Um Long story short, he was on Fox News in the morning. Lifelong Democrat turned Republican. So, yeah, it, it, that honestly reminded me of of myself uh, a couple years ago. But uh, we're going to get him on. But he was much more involved in the, the Democratic Party, Allegheny County. He was like interim, I think, Allegheny County Young Democrat chairperson. He worked on multiple state campaigns. Here in Pennsylvania for Democrats, much more involved in the Democratic Party than I was. And now he's a Republican. So we are going to. I promise I'll be respectful, but I am going to try to just like 
when you're an offensive lineman and you got a defensive lineman on their heels, I'm going to try to just completely red pill, red pill him onto, onto this side. Biden, everything, just Ukraine. We're gonna, book, it, book it for early 2024. That's all I'm going to say. All right, let's get into these predictions. All right. My first prediction in 2024, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm more wrong about this than I've ever been wrong about anything else in my life. But my first prediction of 2024 is that Donald Trump does not become the 47th president of the United States. Um, I don't have a prediction as to who will become president. But the reason I say this is because I'm fearful that the deep state is just going to be too much for Donald Trump to overcome in that the forces that are acting against him will be the difference. Uh, so I don't know whether I'm not saying he's going to be on the ballot or he's not going to be on the ballot. All I'm saying is that he won't become president. I hope I'm wrong. I pray to God I'm wrong, but that's my first prediction. Second prediction. You want me to go one for one or no? Uh, go ahead. All right. My prediction, first prediction is there will be no 2024 election or there'll be a major disruption where they'll have to either delay it or maybe something cool will happen. We'll have to do a in-person paper ballot. That would be nice for the cyber attack. But regardless, my prediction would be just no 2024 election. They can't have it happen because there's no way they could win it. And it'd be believable at this point, I don't think. Yeah. The world's just too on fire. But go ahead, Mark. Next one. In a country like ours, Joe, in a country like ours, how do you how do you postpone or cancel an election? What What's the process of that? Does that come from Congress? Does that come from an executive order? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess an executive order, if, if one was put in before, maybe, but co- I, I don't know. Are the elections supposed to be controlled at the local level anyway? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This would have much, much larger ramifications that we could ever think about postponing an election. But um, I think you bring up a good point there. I think um, don't say it can't happen. That's all I'm saying. Don't say it cannot happen. My, my second prediction is that a much larger world war breaks out. Um, reason I say this is because I think things are going to escalate in the Middle East. And I think there will be some sort of attack on uh, American personnel. And or Iran gets involved, Hezbollah gets involved in a much larger scale. Um, and I think that is going to cause... A, a much larger world war to break out. And we mentioned also China uh, acting on Taiwan. So that's my second prediction for 2024. Um, okay, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say world war escalation, whether it be North Korea firing a missile at Japan, something like that, Iran um, doing something in the Middle East, a nuclear explosion anywhere, whether it's from a missile or just an explosion. Uh, I, you, you mentioned North Korea. you got nuclear submarines now that they have. Who's to say one of those doesn't go somewhere and fire one off? Or don't be surprised if there's an attack on America and it's somehow stopped. Picture like a Gulf of Tonkin. Maybe someone fires a missile at Hawaii or Alaska and it's stopped. And that's the cause for an escalation. We have to question it immediately, but you probably won't be allowed to. But that's my prediction. A giant escalation in all these theaters that we cover. Yeah, well, Kim Jong-un told his people to, to prepare for war. I mean, we just heard that in the last, like, 48 hours. So, 
he would have to think that he knows that if he were to launch some sort of attack, especially nuclear, it would be the end. I mean, the United States already came out and said that would be the end of the Kim, the the regime if he were to launch some sort of nuclear attack on anyone. I mean, like, why do you need to do that if you're North Korea? I mean, obviously, no one's really bothering you at this point. No one's interested in bothering you, it seems like. It's just like, let them do their own thing there. They're out of the way. They're, no one really cares about them. That's what it seems like, you know, to me. Uh, but um, I just don't see the point of Kim Jong-un doing anything like this. But we don't know how they think over there. Um, my th uh, third prediction is that uh, there will be multiple terrorist attacks in the United States in 2024. Again, I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like with the election coming up, in the fall, um, with the possibility of Donald Trump becoming president again, and with the amount of illegal uh, migrants coming across our southern border, this is a recipe for disaster in this country. Uh, again, I don't know what it would look like uh, or where it would happen. I mean, obviously, no one would know that, uh, but. I do think there will be multiple terrorist attacks in the United States that could possibly claim thousands of lives. Um, so again, I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong, but that is my prediction. Another prediction for 2024. Joe? A third one, gas shortage, energy crisis. Maybe get ready to wait in line at the gas station to get gas. Um I just don't see that if war does break out, how we don't have an energy shortage or a gasoline shortage or a lot of shortages that don't involve energy. But regardless, gasoline being the one of the most important, it's because of how everything moves in this country. How do you get from point A to point B? How do you get goods from point A to point B? Truckers move like 90% of the goods in this country. God forbid something happens where we have to start rationing fuel. Then how do people get to work? Sure, a lot of people can work from home, but can construction people work from home? How do we subsidize their incomes after? It's just, we've never had this problem, well, at least not in our lifetime, of energy. And if a war breaks out, we will have it. So yeah. that's my prediction. Third prediction. Again, uh, I, hope we're, I hope you're wrong about that because you will see inflation skyrocket if that were the it's case. It's also depressing. Why do we do this? <laughs> we said 2024 is going to be going to be a year. And I'm, I just, for some reason, Joe, I don't know if you could feel it too, or other people, all of our listeners can feel it, but I just feel like something is coming. Something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. I, it's hard to explain, but I just don't like the way I'm feeling right now. And I don't like the way things are going. And it just makes me a little bit uneasy of, uh, of what we're seeing happen. So my fourth prediction, I do end with a good prediction. So my fourth prediction here is that there will be a large-scale cyber attack um, on the United States uh, coming from either North Korea, China, um, Iran, someone like that. And that it will, um, you know, affect millions of people. So, uh, and the reason why I say that is because we're already being pre-programmed, Joe, for something like this to happen. Right. We're seeing the movie we talked about on Netflix produced by the Obamas uh, leave the world behind, you know, so we're already getting programmed for this to happen. 
And uh, that's why I, I think that, and what we've read that China has infiltrated, um, you know, numerous, I think it was, was it government websites, government agencies, something like that. So I think something is on the horizon there. Joe? All right. My fourth prediction of 2024, Biden will not be the nominee or the POTUS when the election comes around. And I think, I mean, I just think he's on his last gasp of, I don't want to say air, but this dude doesn't just, he does not have it in him. He's shuffling around. He clearly has dementia. Your other report, he, he we can't get a press briefing. Are we going to have a state of the union address? Once his crimes become too obvious, which they already have, and they start with the impeachment, like we've said before, like I've said since episode 50, it's going to be right around the primary, um, or not the primary, the Iowa caucus. We just come. He's going to go bye-byes. So this impeachment thing, what's it start next week, Mark? I think the Congress gets back on Wednesday, Thursday. We'll say the 5th. We'll just say the 5th. So a lot of things coming up at the beginning of the calendar in January, and one of those is the impeachment. I don't think Biden survives it because he can't. Better they take him out than let the world see this impeachment thing and how guilty he really was. It goes back to Trump's 2019 impeachment, too. And it's just, it's like we're rehashing 2020 and they're not going to want that. It's too big of a red pill for everyone. So that's my prediction for 2024. Number four, Biden will not be the nominee for POTUS or the POTUS by the time it rolls around. We might even have a revolving door at vice president if Kamala is the president. Who knows? Who knows? I was thinking about that. You know, what if Kamala is the president? Oh my Lord. You can have like in in Roma area, the, the year of the four presidents. Yeah. Um, my fifth prediction, and it's, uh, I do think this will happen. I, I'm ending with some good news. The Republicans will take back the Senate. So I do think that Republicans will win the Senate in 2024. I hope they do. And, uh, I just think that the Democrats are defending too many seats. Um, Republicans have some, um, you know, have some good chances to, to flip some seats like in West Virginia, uh, Georgia, uh, some other States are looking good hopefully Pennsylvania. Um, but I think the Republicans will win the Senate. So keep our fingers crossed for that one. Joe. I mean, you're making me end on a sour note here. We should have had you go last, but my fifth and final prediction for 2024, grab on, hold on to your portfolios, hold on to your 401ks your Roth IRAs, your retirement, your savings, because there's going to be a stock market crash or some kind of economic crash in general in 2024. The only question